fuck me gently with the chainsaw. Do I look like Mother Teresa? Shh. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. Normally, we'd be doing a top 10 right now, and we were going to do our top 10 favorite or maybe iconic horror movie quotes. But fuck me gently with a chainsaw, we decided to not do that. (laughs) It became too hard for us to sort of like pin down our favorites. Horror movies are rife. They are just riddled with these quotes. Exactly. It's the most quotable genre ever. I would agree. I mean, like, maybe outside of, like, comedy, but even most of the quotes that I use a lot come from horror movies. And I think it's safe to say that if you can't handle someone answering something you just said with a movie quote or a song lyric, well, then you just can't be our friends. Yeah. And we're missing a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm still thinking of stuff like Little Shop of Horrors and, you know, Feed Me Seymour. And, yes. you know, we didn't even have Fuck Me Gently with a Chainsaw from Heather's on here, but, you know, I had to work it in somehow, so there we are. (laughs) You know, but these have been quotable as early as 1932's Frankenstein. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! These things have been around forever, and people have been quoting these things since probably before the 30s, so... I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that particular instance of that quote from Frankenstein just goes to show you how lasting and iconic some of these horror movie quotes can be. And we as genre fans or horror movie fans, especially those in the horror community, will continue to say these to our friends and, you know, other members of the community. And we use them as a way to just, you know, communicate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> ever since the advent of the talkies, we've been uh, blessed with these quotes. So. <laughs> Let's get to it. Yes. So I have my list in alphabetical order because <laughs> I'm a nerd. It's a very type A of you. So the first thing on my list is 2001 A Space Odyssey from 1968. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> That's great. I love, I mean, Hal is a great villain and I think he's like super quotable, you know? Iconic. Exactly. Daisy. Yeah. Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite people to quote from horror movies is Freddy Krueger. And I think that there are lots and lots of lines from the entire franchise of A Nightmare on Elm Street that we can quote. One of the best ones comes from the original movie from 1984. And it's spoken by Nancy, Heather Langenkamp. And she says, Whatever you do. Don't fall asleep. And of course, there's that iconic song. One, two, Freddy's coming to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. One of my favorite, it, I think it is, is my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie is part three, Dream Warriors, right? It's not exactly the most quotable movie, but I think the best Freddyism sort of comes from it, right? There's this scene where this girl is trying, she wants to be an actress, right? And she spends her time like watching late night TV and Freddy Krueger comes out of the TV and grabs her and he says the most iconic line ever. He grabs her and shoves her head into the TV while saying, This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Love it! Oh my god, it's so fucking hilarious. This is the best, the best Freddy quote for me always. I still like the one from the the first one where he goes, "I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy." <laughs> <laughs> that fucking tongue comes out of the phone. Yes, love it. 
they could even be subtle too to sort of like show you the the more horrific sides of a nightmare on elm street because freddy krueger is not all laughs and games right there's that scene um early in the movie where he first shows up and uh tina says oh my god and his claw comes up over his face and he says this is god right i mean yeah so i mean he's iconic when it comes to that shit Mm mm-hmm the next movie on my list is Aliens from 1986. This is such a quotable movie. There's so many quotes here that I haven't even included, but you know, to the obvious one where Sigourney Weaver, Alan Ripley, is is fighting the, the alien queen and says, "Get away from her, you bitch." <laughs> that line is, is like the reason it's so iconic for me is delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Sigourney fucking Weaver just delivers that line in such a way. Sells right? the hell out of it. To Bill Paxton saying, game over, man, game over. <laughs> or Michael Bean saying, stay frosty. You know, to I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. I think we all know my favorite quote from Aliens, though, because I say this to Chris all the time, and I will just like change it to whatever he has said to me then but in the original quote is they mostly come at night mostly and so anytime he says something to me i'm just like they mostly do whatever he just said mostly <laughs> so and then we'll get into that back and forth until it just gets really old oh yeah i mean like that will never die we for abuse us, the shit sure. out of that one <laughs> Now, this movie only has one that I could recall, Army of Darkness, uh, but I'm sure there's a lot more. Of course, in the whole Evil Dead series, there's a lot more, but I, I just always loved Good Ash, Bad Ash. I'm the guy with the gun. <laughs> well, for and me, of course, this is my boomstick. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, I love that quote. Like, All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick <laughs> and even my husband who he's he's seen this movie this <laughs> is my boomstick <laughs> i mean even he knows that and he's not even the biggest horror fan so we have to give a shout out to army of darkness for sure for yeah. that so i'm a huge fan of bram stoker's dracula from 1992 i'm kind of a fanboy. a lot of people don't like this film a lot of people love it uh, I'm sure we're going to go into a deep dive soonish yeah. on this film. We have to. But there's a lot of stuff that's in here from the book and from other Dracula movies, like The Blood is the Life. You know, one of my favorite lines from the book is Den de Toten Reiten Schnell, which means for the dead travel fast. Mm. And it's very interesting to me, that line. It's actually from an old poem uh, from that area of uh, of. Uh, Eastern Europe, essentially. And it's just, it's really interesting to think about uh, the wider context of that. But I love that, that the whole folkish uh, vibe to that part of the novel. And then of course, in the movies, they, they show that a little bit for the dead travel fast. I think it's really interesting. And of course he has some iconic stuff like, do you think you can destroy me with your idols? I who served the cross, I who commanded nations hundreds of years before you were born. You know, it's just uh, some some heavy stuff. I really like the the delivery of of how different Dracula's like Bella Lugosi and um, and how Gary Oldman delivered that line. You think you can destroy me with your eyes? I serve the cross. I who commanded nations hundreds of years before you born. Your armies were defeated, you tortured, and impaled thousands of people. 
He was in full, like ten foot and tall makeup. Yes, stuff. I mean like that, like you know, playing off of Anthony on. Hopkins as you know. Some of the quotes from Bram Stoker's Dracula, that version, I like the most because they borrow them directly from the original Dracula too. Like yep. you know the, you know the Children of the Night, what sweet music they make. Oh, that's things a huge like that. line. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so it, it just again goes to show you how iconic quotes can be from movies and how we can appreciate. I them am later the thing on. breathing men would kill. Yes, yes. Um, one of my favorite movies to quote is Carrie. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, when I when I pick out quotes that I like, a lot of times they're sort of comedic a little bit, or like the delivery is such that we laugh at it later on. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's funny we say like that word because one of the best quotes from Carrie is, "They're all gonna laugh at you, right? They're all gonna laugh at you." Yeah. <laughs> And then they play with that later in the film and they do it like cyclical, you know, That's in right. the audio. And it's mm-hmm. just like, it works so well. Sort of like shows her dement, uh, her, her descent into madness, right? Yeah. Where it's like the circular camera movement. They're all going to laugh at you playing and people are laughing and pointing. Yeah, I can't watch that movie without like laughing though now. Yes, I mean, and that's it too. Um But it gets serious too. I mean, like sometimes, you know, when... Carrie has come home and she's like telling her mom like she was right you know people laughed at her and she's feeling bad and her mom has already portrayed herself as being such an incredible villain in this film and she really drives home the point of her villainous you know tendencies and she, she says to Carrie we'll pray we'll pray for the last time we'll pray and it just shows you what's going to happen in that movie toward the end it's iconic and wonderful yeah and of course, there's a lot of just these lines that Piper Laurie gets to say, like, I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone will. <laughs> My favorite thing from Carrie, though, is actually like a piece, like a, a, a dialogue piece right between her and Sue Snell's mom. So Margaret White has showed up at the house and she knocks on the door and she's giving her spiel. And um, she says to Snoo Snell, I have something here I know is going to interest the doctor and you. The teenager's path to salvation through the cross of Jesus. I don't think Sue would be very interested in that. Oh, the children are wandering through the wilderness of sin these days, Mrs. Nell. My Sue is a good girl. These are godless times, Mrs. Nell. I'll drink to that. And I just, I chuckle every time, but it keeps going more. So she realizes what she said to her, and she's like, I want to contribute five, ten dollars. And Margaret White jumps back with the best line from this movie and she's like I pray you find Jesus (laughs) and that's just I love it (laughs) (sighs) what would we do without child plays one liner Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> yeah, it really just sets up that character so much. Um, I'm not quite sure which one it comes from. It's I, the first, and it's not even Brad Dourif's voice, I don't think. It's the doll's voice. The doll, yeah, do. yeah, right. Uh, oh, you're right, because it's all like animatronic and like really high pitched. Yeah, it's not Brad Dourif. Later on in the series, it may be like two or three he he says something that sort of always stuck with me and he, he says don't fuck with the chuck <laughs> yeah don't fuck with the chuck. <laughs> wow <laughs> and lest we forget the first episode that we ever did copycat has some quotable quotes of its own i think in that episode we quoted the shit out of that movie yeah. <laughs> so- 
Send me some of your squirrel covers. I, I, I beg your pardon? I beg your pardon? Your panties? <laughs> I want them autographed to me personally. Daryl Lee Cullum. Deal? <laughs> your panties. <laughs> Jeez. And I'm death and life to you, Doc. Death and life. Um, I'm a big fan of George Romero, as I've already talked about on this podcast many times when we covered Night of the Living Dead earlier. And I think that we can go ahead and talk about that particular quote. I think um, most iconically from the Dead series would be from Night of the Living Dead's They're Coming to Get You, Barbara. They're Coming to Get You, Barbara. Right. We love it. Love that quote. But even better, and I think sort of sums up The entire series of movies comes from Dawn of the Dead, and that's when Peter says, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And that is just, I mean, it sums up everything that is zombie to me. Super iconic. Agreed. Um, A lot of people think that the movie Deliverance is not a horror movie, you know? I think they sort of, like, group it into that thriller genre, right? But to me, everything that happens in the movie Deliverance is completely horrific. And there are some, like, really funny quotes that I I mean, situationally in that movie, they're not funny. You're watching it and you're not laughing at all. I think you only laugh when you're doing this, you know, with friends or whatnot, right? But there are some lines that come out of that. And one of them, I think, is super iconic. And that's, I bet you can squeal like a pig. Wee! Wee! (laughs) (laughs) Right? And Ned Beatty's having to do it. It's the scariest moment in that movie to me. And I I will never forget the sounds that come out of his mouth. But, you know, when you're talking just in general to people, you laugh at it. And it's just not that funny. There's something that I say quite a bit to people, and I always misquote it, right? I always say, you sure do got a pretty mouth, you know? But that's not the way it goes. The actual quote is... He got a little pretty mouth, ain't he? You're going to do some praying for me, boy, and you better pray good. And again, it's that same scene, that same horrific scene from Deliverance. It's just the lines from that movie that just stick out forever. Yeah. I have a favorite quote from Donnie Darko. And there's a couple here. There's like, why are you wearing that silly bunny suit? And then, of course, he (laughs) says, why are you wearing that silly human suit, right? I'm misquoting, I think. But my favorite absolute quote from Donnie Darko is, Sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. (laughs) Totally forgot about that line. (laughs) We have to do Donnie Darko pretty soon. Yeah. I want to cover that movie. Um, Have you seen the movie Freaks? No. This is one of those like like really classic um but I know the quote you're talking about. Oh, uh, you know where I'm going with this yeah. one, right? I mean, so like this is one of the original exploitation movies. Like I think Todd, it's one of those quotes that's transcended the film and no one knows where it came from. <laughs> for real, because I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie, maybe yeah. outside of like the hardcore horror community, right? And so um in Freaks, all these freaks are sitting around the table. And this movie is famous for having these actual people in this movie, you know, and people who at the time were being exploited for, you know, the way they were born or, you know, genetic, you know, disformities or things like that. And it was kind of unsettling for people at the time to watch. And these um, quote unquote freaks from the movie have sort of accepted a normal person because she was with one of the freaks, right? And they're sitting around a table and they start 
to chant one of us, one of us, goobble gobble, geeble gobble, one <laughs> of us, right? And it's just like so incredibly terrifying. The end of that movie, when you watch it finally, is one of the most frightening things I've ever seen in my life. Love it. I'm a big fan of slasher films, and my favorite franchise is A Nightmare on Elm Street, which you've already covered. My second, though, is Friday the 13th. I love all of these movies, but none of them are really quotable except for the first one to me. And all of them come from Jason's mother. She delivers all these lines that stick out to me, and I remember most of which when she goes into this really high-pitched voice, and she says, Kill her, Mommy kill her don't let her get away right and she repeats it over and over again and i think it really shows you like how crazy that situation was that these people are in and you know the the links that she will go to to avenge her son is just fantastic now didn't she have another line where she was like look what you made me do yes Or, I mean, she gets a whole, like, speech, too. And she was just like, Jason was a special boy. You should have been watching him. You know? She just delivers all these lines. The thing, though, I think everyone seems to remember this line from one of the crazy townspeople who shows up. And it I, I can't even remember his name, really. But he says, you're doomed. You're all doomed. And I also remember that because I do that on Futurama all the time. So... I really like the movie From Dust Till Dawn, and I'm a huge fan of Tarantino's work, especially as a screenwriter. And he wrote this movie, but it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, right? And Tarantino has a way of making these like really cool yet funny lines that stand out from a lot of his movies. And this is like one of his really, you know, his biggest entry into the horror genre as a screenwriter. And um, the one that sta- one that stands out to me is delivered by. George Clooney, famously, and they've just like seen these vampires and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And someone calls them psychos. And he says, they were vampires. Psychos don't explode when the sun hits them. I don't care how fucking crazy they are. You know, it's a funny line. But I think that everybody really remembers from from Dust Till Dawn that like Barker moment that um, Cheech Marin delivers standing in front of that strip bar they all stop at. And he sort of delivers this montage talking about pussy. Right. And this is not really a word I like to say very often, but he goes on this whole huge rant and I'm not even quite sure that I can get, do it justice, but uh, maybe we can cut an actual line of dialogue from that movie. It's so gratuitous and lengthy, but hilarious. <laughs> I really, really have a soft spot in my heart for the movie Hellraiser from 1987. And I just love the way that actor portrayed Pinhead. 
And like he wasn't really like he was actually like a crew member, I think. And he was kind of plucked to be pinhead and kind of had that like really. First, yeah, I believe so. Like he wasn't working originally, I think, on that film. Uh, I might have gotten the story a little wrong, but I know that it was like kind of happenstance. That's amazing. And they kind of put him in that role and he just did a really good job. And I love his uh, a lot of his lines. One of them. We'll tear your soul apart. You know, <laughs> and we have so much we have such sights to show you, you know, and it's just all that, you know, kind of like epic, dark shit that he's he gets to say. But I really love this this last one, which is oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. <laughs> That's another movie we have to cover pretty soon, too. Hellraiser is amazing. I love that movie. And, I mean, if if you can give me that kind of fun fact, I know for sure you're going to be startling with me all the rest of them. So, Hellraiser real soon. A lot of people shit all over. I know what you did last summer. You know, it sort of came after Scream back in the, the late 1990s, like, you know, renaissance of slasher movies. I happen to like this movie very much for many reasons. I mean, for one, I love Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? But um, it's pretty quotable. Uh, we saw this movie, my friends and I, in high school, and they never went to see horror movies with me, not ever. And we all went to go see this one. And as we were leaving the theater, my friend Dawn like, threw her arms out, and she was just like circling around the parking lot screaming, What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for, huh? And it's like, she remembers that to this day, you know? And so, I mean, I love it. But it's not my favorite quote from that movie. My favorite quote from that movie comes from Ryan Phillippe. He's talking about the um, what's happened between all of them, because, you know, they're all like experiencing some sort of um, comeuppance for what they did last summer, right? Right. And he's speaking to Freddie Prince Jr. after he says something. And he says, you got a letter? I get run over. Helen gets her hair chopped off. Julie gets a body in her trunk. And you get a letter? That's balanced. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love that so, so much. So there's an obvious quote from Jaws that everyone basically remembers, or most people that view it remember. And that's the... You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> I always misquote that. Really? Yeah. We're going to need a bigger boat? It's, it's exactly what I believe I it's you're going to be in. You're going to need a bigger boat. That, that's what it is. But and I that's right after that. Roy Scheider like, basically is like putting the chum or whatever into the water. And he sees the, the jaws like put his head out of the water <laughs> and sees how fucking gigantic it is. And just like has that like skip heart skip a beat moment. Yeah. And then he goes up and he's like, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Doesn't he like back up and have a cigarette hanging out of his yeah, mouth too? He has it's... a cigarette out of his mouth and he was just like staring in awe at this thing. You know, <laughs> so perfectly like... acted and perfectly delivered. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing line. And I do, I misquote that all of the time. And speaking of an amazing line, we've got, you know, Kathy Bates from misery in 1990 saying, I'm your number one fan. Yeah, and she right re- before she hobbles you. <laughs> and she repeats that shit too, right? Like so he's waking up out of that coma and all he hears, I'm your number one fan. I'm your number one fan. I'm yeah. your number one fan. But yeah, oh, hobbling. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Cause she gives the the best monologue in that movie. I mean, uh, I don't know it line for line, so I can't even like repeat it. But you know, when she's like, It's called hobbling, Paul, you know? And oh God, oh, that scene in that movie just makes my stomach hurt every time I think about it. Ugh. Yeah. 
So now we've come to one of the most quotable movies of all time, <laughs> and that is both probably both in our top ten movies of all time. Yes, for both of us, and that is Poltergeist from 1982. And uh, of course, with the beginning, you know, with Carol Ann's. And that was even used as kind of like the the marketing line on the posters mm-hmm. was there here, right? And of course, you know, to Carol Ann's mother saying, you know, oh shit, Tweety, couldn't you have waited for a school day <laughs> when he dies or whatever? And that's kind of like the canary in the coal mine quite literally in that yes, film, right? Yes, you're it's right. the first thing to go. And then, of course, Carol Ann is, is taken and they're communicating with her over the TV and everything. And it's just a really, really moving scene. Oh, it's not mommy. It was a doctor, Liz. Who's with you, baby? Who's with you? Oh, God, oh my God, my in that movie gets me every time i know that we we were on cocktail party massacre and did poltergeist and we talked at length about this movie but i mean the amount of tears that i have shed over that line alone (laughs) in my life the whole sequence is really tear jerky yes it's amazing it's amazing and anybody who says that like steven spielberg is like using his like sheen or whatever like tugging our heartstrings who cares? I mean, it's effective and wonderful, and I will never forget that line mm-hmm. ever. Until, of course, the end where he is, you know, the, the father is essentially learning that, you know, amongst other problems, the house is built on an unmoved cemetery, right? They moved the headstones, but they didn't move them. So he's uh, yelling at his boss, who's, the, of course, the the main, you know, guy of the subdivisions that are being built and is saying – you son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You <laughs> son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones. You only moved the headstones. Lies, lies. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting total cracky Nelson from you just now. <laughs> oh, yeah, like he goes for it. And it's just like it almost puts you out of the movie because it's over long. When he's like yelling at the guy, he's just going crazy at this guy. It's like, do something for your family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for having a conversation about like why quotes are iconic, right? Like that's it. I mean, like, yeah, it seems like overacting if we look at it now, but in the course of watching that movie and you're sort of like sucked into the storyline, yeah. you get to know the characters. 
that's a perfect delivery, right? Yeah. Because that's a crescendo of the movie, you know? The house right after that is sucked into nothingness, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's perfect. It's the perfect time for that kind of quote. And that's why it just sticks in people's heads forever. But I think when we're talking about Poltergeist, we really can't forget the most quotable character in this movie. And that would be... Tangina. Tangina. You're right. Do you mind hanging back? You're jamming my frequencies. Cross over, children. All are welcome. <laughs> Go into the light. <laughs> I am addressing the living. That's the one. That's the one right there that gets me every fucking time, right? I am addressing the living. <laughs> I don't like trick answers. <laughs> She's like my spirit animal, I think. You yeah. know, I think I want to be her a little bit. <laughs> so good. This house is clean. <laughs> That too. This house has many hearts. <laughs> There's so many, so, so much. And I think that we have seen this movie so many times that for the two of us, it's very easy for us to quote this movie. It just rolls yeah. off the tongue, right? Now hold on to yourselves. <laughs> we know him as the beast. <laughs> it knows what scares you. It has from the beginning. <laughs> love it. Just mm-hmm. love it. Uh, if we're talking about, you know, Movies that have quotes that sort of has stood the test of time. I think that nothing can compare to one of the original slashers, and that's 1960s Psycho. Agreed. So Norman Bates has got some real gems in here, right? A boy's best friend is his mother. Right. You know, and like coming from a gay man, I think that we can all sort of like grasp onto that quote a little bit, maybe. Can we? I, I mean, I don't... Mm. Maybe I'm just a little Norman Batesy. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely agree with the one that says. I mean, I love my mom. We get along fine. <laughs> but a boy's best friend is his mother, right? That's going a little far. Oh my God, he's giving me a judgy look. <laughs> <laughs> we all go a little mad sometimes. It's okay. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? Yeah, that's an essential quote, an essential quote in all of horror. I love that. <laughs> love it so much. We all go a little mad sometimes. There's a whole like speech that comes before that too, right? And that's even been requoted in horror movies, including Scream, the meta, you know? Yeah, right. Which, I mean, I think we can go into now, right? Scream has got a lot of really quotable moments. Yeah, including, like, it's too long to list here, but the whole rules speech from Randy, right? Where he's explaining the rules for horror movies. And that really, to me, is where the movie becomes the most meta, right? Where he's explaining to us things that we already know, right? Yeah, and they're always, like, commenting on horror. Like, Nev Campbell's character, Sydney, of course, is saying, you know, about horror movies. She says, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted woman who can't act. She's always running upstairs when she should be running out the front door. It's insulting. <laughs> and then, of course, she runs upstairs. and <laughs> Right, later on. The door. <laughs> yeah. To me, one of the best things is when we finally get the reveal of who the two killers are in this movie. And they're, like, taking turns, like, stabbing each other. And one is getting stabbed a whole lot more than the other. Yeah. And, you know, Sydney sort of comments about, like, you Y'all freak. have once seen one too many scary movies. Or right, something. yeah. And he says, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative as he's stabbing his friend in the side while he's delivering that line. Yeah. And, of course, the... The best line, the best takeaway, of course, is... Do you like scary movies, Sydney? 
<laughs> and of course, later people also quote the what's your favorite scary movie? Right. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, like that's how I always quote it. And is that a misquote or did they actually do that? I think that they say both. Okay. At some okay. Point. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm not doing it wrong. And I think that's even asked again. In the in the sequel, because it was a it was a point of comedy, mm-hmm. Scream Two, where they ask Randy, he's like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" And he's like, "Showgirls." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's that's exactly the quote. Yeah, that's I think great. they put that in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it goes to show you too. I mean, like how quotes can be a part of the time, you know? Because mm-hmm. at the time of Scream, it was sort of the advent of cell phones a little bit. They were all very new to us, you know, and we were so used to answering a phone when it rings, you know. And I think that. In this day and age, it's kind of hard to recreate that particular moment because we have a cell phone now. We're going to look and be like, who the fuck is that? We're not going to answer it. We're certainly not going to answer the phone. And they're like, what's your favorite scary movie? And we're like, The Shining or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Last month, we covered our top 10 favorite psycho killers. And this one made both of our lists. And that's Jigsaw from the movie Saw. And he has a really iconic line early in the franchise. Mm-hmm. And oh yes, there will be blood. And that's the one, man. I mean, and there will be blood in all of Saw. And mm-hmm. I, I love when quotes like that just sort of foreshadow everything that's going to happen. Unfortunately, there will be blood is a better movie than Saw. I will drink your milkshake, <laughs> right? <laughs> drink it right up. Uh, one of my favorite horror movies is The Exorcist, and mostly because it was the one movie my parents would not let me see when I was younger. They told me I had to wait for a certain age to see it, and that was 13 or 14. I think it was 13. And when I turned 13, that's the first thing I did. For my birthday, please rent me The Exorcist. And I watched it. And... It wasn't quite as scary as I was hoping for because they made it sound so horrific when I was younger. Yeah, everyone said it was the scariest movie ever. And I know. Just, yeah. And it's a, it's a well-made movie. It's a great horror movie. Not scary, but by God is it quotable. Yeah. Right? And a lot of the quotes from that movie are really, really bad bad you know i mean like i get kind well, of a demon saying them right right so. you know but they're they're coming out of a young girl's mouth and so i mean like although i really do love you know the non-demony ones like the power of christ compels you yes <laughs> or um the the mother of Father Karras when she's always like, why you do this to me, damn me? You know, <laughs> I mean, like, it's, again, it's like delivery, right? Yeah. So the thing is, in this movie, it's about, you know, a girl like saying things that you wouldn't normally see coming out of a young girl's mouth. And she says some pretty obscene things and it really drives home that point of possession. And a lot of time to the girl's mother or to Father Karras. Right, right. And so, like, she will look at the mother and she will say things like... Right, and just like forever, that your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karras. Yes, God, you just can't forget anything like that. The most iconic line from that movie starts when they do the exorcism, and the demon says, "What an excellent day for an exorcism." And it moves on from there because they start to get to like the sort of the crux of what that demon wants. And so Father Karras is like, well, why would you like that? Wouldn't it drive you out of her? And she says, no, it'll bring us closer together. And she's talking about both Reagan and the demon, but also the demon and Father Karras, right? And that's why this movie works on so many levels, both outside yeah. of a horror movie and just a really huge piece of pop culture. 
So I've got a few one-offs that I'd like to get out of the way before we go into kind of like our last three big hitters. And that would be one from The Fly from 1986, where Gina Davis says, be afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> and it's just like you don't really like pay attention to that in the movie, you know, but it's so quotable outside of the movie. And it's been used in other movies, too. Like, it's great. So much that I almost forget where it comes from sometimes, right? So I recently rewatched The Fly when we were doing our top 10 sci-fi horror. Yeah. And I totally forgot that's where it came from. And mm-hmm. my, my jaw dropped and I was just like, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the origin story of that line, you know? People use it all the time. It's so good. And of course, The Ring from 2002. You will die in seven days. And that fucking voice over the phone. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think there's another one like, what did you do that for? She never sleeps. You know, that's not really, it's a really high, highly contextual quote, but mm-hmm. still. And then we've got the sixth sense where I see dead people. You know, everyone was saying that when that movie came out, it was, it was just all over the place. And that's another one of those, like, you know, Every every horror fan is so happy when horror movies sort of cross over into this big pop culture phenomenon where everyone goes to see it, horror fan or not. And The Sixth Sense was one of those movies, right? Mm-hmm. And we all remember that part because that's where we get to know what the movie's really about. And everyone yep. remembers that scene, you know? And then, of course, we have The Thing from 1982, where there's not really people don't really remember these quotes. But I mean, like, of course, when the spider monster's crawling away and they think they've killed the monster, they turn, they see this thing trying to still get away. It's mm-hmm. transformed yet again. You know, they say, you got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, I love one line in this and no one seems to know it, but it's just hilarious. I laugh every single time. They're all tied up and they're trying to test, you know, each other for, you know, the stuff and and uh, for the alien, whatever it is. And uh, the guy says, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot. And when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> no, I remember that line. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a problematic relationship with The Shining. I both simultaneously love and hate this movie. Mm-hmm. I hate it because I love the book so much, but I love it because I've seen that movie so many times and it's incredibly quotable. Come right? play with us, Danny. Forever and ever. And ever. Exactly, right? And nobody can forget, like, here's Johnny, right? Yeah, and I always like hesitate to use that one. It was made famous from this, but of course it's from the Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson show, yeah, tonight show, yeah. And of course, Red Rob, Red Rob, Red Rob. You know, mm-hmm. from Danny Torrance. But my favorite, and I, I, I don't know if I'm going to do this justice. <laughs> oh, I'm so ready. Windy, darling, light of my life. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> My God, that was perfect. <laughs> I love that quote so much, too, because famously the Simpsons did The Shining on one of their Treehouse of Horrors, right? And they called it The Shinin. And because um, uh, that Scottish guy was saying it. Oh, God. But instead of saying all of that, Homer Simpson just says to Marge, who was playing the windy part, right? And he goes, give me the bet. Give me the bat! Give me the bat! <laughs> so I mean, every time I watch The Shining now, I keep waiting for him after that to go. Give me the bat! <laughs> uh, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, which I have said before on this podcast, is They Live, directed by John Carpenter. 
I've seen it so, so many times, and it has by far my favorite quote of any horror movie, and that is... I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I mean, I say that, but I'm already thinking of something else like Brother, a puppet. Life's a bitch. And she's back in heat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's just one scene where Roddy Piper like puts on those special sunglasses and he's starting to realize, you know, some people are aliens and some people are not. And he's getting used to them. And he points to a normal person. He was like, you, you're OK. That one real fucking ugly. <laughs> <laughs> But we've got to end this little adventure into quote land with Silence of the Lambs. By far, the most quotable horror movie ever created, I would say thus far. The screenplay of Silence of the Lambs is fantastic. We just covered this movie this month. And, you know, I think that while we were covering the movie and talking about it in general, we wanted to start like quoting things from the movie just at random because I think we do that, you know, periodically. Um, and we sort of saved ourselves because there was just way, way too many quotes in this movie. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> and of course, Hello Clarice is not in this film. It's in the next one. It's Good Evening Clarice is That's in this right. one. Right. I mean, even I, like, I, I will, I never quote that right. Not ever. But it's like, you know, poor, like, Ted Levine or whatever his name is, mm -hmm. right? Like, he had to contend against Anthony Hopkins, but he did a damn good job himself. Yes. He really, really did. And he should have probably gotten a supporting actor nod or something Agreed. for his role. But, like, all the shit that he had to say and the way he delivered it, you know? It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. I know. I mean, I, I we say that all the time to each other. It rubs it, the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. It, it rubs the lotion on its skin. It does what it's told. Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> Put it in a fucking basket! <laughs> <laughs> Even and, like yeah, I, I love the the song that this is all yes! based on. There's an actual <laughs> full song, and it's a song called "Lotion" by the Greenskeepers. And so we <laughs> shall be playing that after this, just so you can get the comedy gold that they have created based on the quotes from Silence of the Lambs. That's right. So stick around after this episode has ended and listen to the song. It's really fucking hilarious. But even aside from Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo Bill, there are really good quotes from this movie. Quotes that people don't always remember, right? Things like, Do you know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a rube. A well-scrubbed hustling rube with a little taste. Good nutrition's given you some length of bone, but you're not more than one generation from poor white trash, are you, Agent Starling? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure West Virginia. What is your father to you? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the land? And oh, how quickly the boys found you. All those tedious, sticky fumblings in the backseats of cars while you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the end. I mean, everything that comes out of Hannibal Lecter's mouth in this movie is just gold. Just gold. Yeah. Things like, oh, and Senator, 
love your suit, right? <laughs> it's just so fucking good. Um, one of my favorite quotes from this movie is really not nice, you know, and but I, I say it sometimes, probably when I shouldn't, but it's from Buffalo Bill. And Clarice has showed up at his door and she's asking about a specific victim. And he goes, oh, wait, wasn't she some great big fat girl? <laughs> I'm just like, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing to say, but it sticks out in my head all the time. Well, that's the way he said it. Is she some great big fat girl? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Are you about a size 14? You know, I mean, like... <laughs> what? Excuse me? <laughs> There's just lines in this movie that stick out forever, and I will always remember it. And to me, The Sons of the Lambs is the most quotable horror movie of all time. I think if we were doing an actual top 10 right now, it'd have to be number one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Pick and choose your favorite quote from it. In fact, we want to know what your favorite quotes are from horror movies, Silence of the Lambs or otherwise. Yeah. And you can tell us on social media at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Or you can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or call our hotline at 972-666-7733. We would really rather you do that because I want to hear how you deliver these quotes. Oh, yeah, please. And we will play them on our Shooting the Flames episode. Or if we get enough of you people giving your favorite quotes, we'll just make a whole episode and like piece them together for the world to hear. And who knows? The winner might just get a free t-shirt that's right if you want even more film flamers content head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers we have tons of bonus content that we've put out for you guys over the last year and since we're celebrating our anniversary of the podcast we've created some new segments that we want you to go check out one of them is flamers flashbacks where we pick a movie from the past that we haven't seen in a while maybe one of us had missed along the way and talk about it but But even more importantly, we're starting a discussion about the horror genre itself and how it breaks down into different subgenres and why we use the term horror adjacency so often here on the Film Flamers. Guys, thank you so much for being loyal listeners over the last year. We could not have done any of this without you. We really enjoyed putting out all this content in August and we look forward to doing even more coming up. Next month, we're covering the movie Fallen. It's a movie that Chris remembers very fondly from his past and one that I have missed along the way and we thought that we needed a longer conversation about it than in the Flamers flashbacks. So coming in September before fall actually hits... Fallen it is. Time is on our side. (laughs) Yes, it is. No, it's not. I'm a tired queen. (laughs) (laughs) Time for us to go, guys. So until we fall into fallen, sweet sweet dreams. I love that song, too, and I cannot wait for that movie to ruin it for me for the rest of time. I'm looking down the hole, you're looking up at me. You're cold and tired, that is easy to see. Lower the rope to you, a bucket on the line. Your membrane will be soft and smooth, and your heart will be mine. It rubs the lotion on its skin. Or as it gets the hose again, 
and I'll bury you underneath a load.